Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and Waipio. Aloha and good afternoon. Welcome to This Is Now. We begin today with news out of New York. A New York judge has ruled that former President Donald Trump must pay $354 million for fraudulent business practices. Yeah, Mr. Trump is also barred from running businesses in New York for three years. The judge said the former president orchestrated a years-long scheme to dupe banks and others with financial statements that inflated his wealth. Trump's adult sons, Eric and Donald Trump Jr., are barred from doing business in New York for two years as well. The former president's attorney said he plans to appeal the decision. The judge had already found Trump liable for fraud in the case. New York Attorney General Letitia James was seeking $370 million in damages. New details now in the death of a 10-year-old girl in Wahiwa. Prosecutors say the Blosses pulled Gianna out of school in 2022 against the objections of her third-grade teacher and counselor. According to an indictment, the girl's legal guardians withdrew her from Iliahi Elementary and said she would be homeschooled. Under Department of Education rules, a parent is deemed a qualified homeschool instructor regardless of educational background or training. We now know that Gianna suffered prolonged abuse, neglect, and starvation, and at one point was restrained with duct tape. I think there needs to be a more compelling uh, and fulsome explanations as to why you want to pull a child out of the public schools, and the child needs to be constantly monitored once they are. If you see or suspect any child is being abused, report it to Child Welfare Services at 808 832-5300. The two suspects accused of opening fire at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade have been charged. Here's the latest details. Two juveniles are now facing gun-related and resisting arrest charges following the fatal shooting at the Chiefs parade Wednesday in Kansas City. A statement from Jackson County Family Court says additional charges are anticipated as the investigation moves forward. The names of the suspects have not been released. More than 20 people were hurt in the shooting, and local radio personality Lisa Lopez Galvan was killed. Lisa was the life of the party. We spoke yesterday with her brother and sister. There's an initial shock, and uh, it feels like a bad dream. She was just really happy to be there. We did not expect the day to end like this. The mother's adult son was also shot, but is expected to survive. They took away his mother, his best friend, she did everything for them. Half of the victims are under 16, the youngest just eight years old. But on Friday, officials at Children's Mercy Hospital said of the 11 patients they received, only one remains in the hospital. And as city leaders and families discuss and determine whether these outdoor large gatherings are safe to attend, the mayor here in Kansas City vowing to move forward and host next month's St. Patrick's Day Parade. 
Charlie DeMar, CBS News, Kansas City, Missouri. Two people were found fatally shot in a dormitory room at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs this morning. University police received a report of gunfire in the room just before 6 a.m., prompting officials to put part of the campus on a temporary lockdown. Residents of a student apartment complex were told to lock their doors and turn off their lights for several hours before being notified that there was no active shooter. Details on the victims, suspects, and a motive have not been given at this time. However, authorities say the shooting is being investigated as a homicide and is an active investigation. The University of Colorado, Colorado Springs campus closed for the day in response to the shooting. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has died in prison after a years-long struggle against official corruption and President Vladimir Putin's government that saw him survive several poisoning attempts. Richard Engel reports from Ukraine. Alexei Navalny seemed relatively healthy even just a few days ago. He posted on Instagram a Valentine's note to his wife saying that even though they were separated by thousands of miles that he felt close to her and loved her more and more. And now, according to prison officials in Russia, he is dead. Alexei Navalny was the most powerful, most prominent, most popular opposition figure in Russia, even behind bars. He was a fearless critic of Vladimir Putin, a, an anti-corruption campaigner, someone who was not shy to name names and uh, to expose uh, corrupt practices of, of Russian oligarchs, all of the inner circle around uh, Vladimir Putin. And uh, he'd been arrested many times. He was poisoned in 2020 uh, with Novichok, which is a, a very powerful nerve agent. He miraculously survived that. He was treated in Germany. And then after recovering in 2021, he decided to go back to Russia. He didn't want to be an opposition figure living in exile. He wanted to be in the country. He was arrested. He was moved uh, uh, between prisons and his conditions continued to get worse until he was ultimately at this prison in Siberia, where according to prison officials, he took a walk this morning, suddenly started feeling unwell, collapsed and and died despite attempts to revive him uh, after he had lost consciousness. There are many people already expressing great skepticism about that official uh, series of, of events. Uh, here in Ukraine, the President Zelensky said that it's obvious that Vladimir Putin had Navalny killed because Vladimir Putin doesn't care who dies, but that he wants to stay in power. And that is the same sentiment we're hearing from Navalny's aides who haven't confirmed his death yet, but they say if it is true that it is not a matter of Navalny dying in prison, but of Vladimir Putin having killed him. Mike Miskey's cousin and longtime personal assistant testified against him in federal court yesterday. Kaulana Freitas said he was Miskey's assistant for about five years and worked at his company, Kamaaina Termite and Pest Control. He pleaded guilty to conspiracy to racketeering and a chemical weapons charge, and in a deal with prosecutors, told jurors that Miskey ordered him and others to carry out assaults, robberies, and drug deals. Freitas said Miski ordered him to release what he believed was tear gas inside the district nightclub in 2017 to get revenge on a rival. 
Freitas's testimony resumes today. This week marked one year since the heartbreaking hit and run death of McKinley High School student Sarah Yara. She was in a marked crosswalk on Kapi'olani Boulevard when she was struck by a truck that was speeding. Tomorrow, the community is invited to join up with Yara's family and MAD for a sign waving. They hope it'll help continue to raise awareness of the dangers of driving under the influence. It takes place from noon to 2 at the intersection of Kapi'olani and Kamake'e Street. After surviving the Maui wildfires, a Lahaina teen faces another tough road after being left unable to walk. 17-year-old Gage Peneku was thrown off his dirt bike while riding with friends last week Tuesday. He was airlifted to Oahu for spinal surgery and is undergoing physical therapy. Peneku is a star baseball player at Lahaina Luna High. He says he's grateful for the support he's received and has an important message for fellow bike riders. The thought of not being able to walk is definitely pretty heartbreaking. But... Hanging in there, just gear up, wear your helmet. I mean, sometimes it's not comfortable, you might not like it, but it really can save your life. It definitely did for me. Paneku hopes he'll be able to walk with his classmates on graduation day in May. To help, you can find a link to the family's GoFundMe page on our website. The future Evilay rail station will soon be complemented by thousands of new apartments and condos, all of them priced below the market value. Our Ben Gutierrez reports from the public housing community where the city just approved permits for a massive redevelopment. Here at the intersection of Vineyard Boulevard and Pool Lane, the buildings of Mayor Wright Housing have been a familiar landmark since 1952. The Hawaii Public Housing Authority says in just a few years, it should look like this. The aging housing complex currently has 364 public housing units. Those people will still have those units replaced, except they won't be a six decade old. They will be brand new. Uh, units. And the 70-year-old complex will be transformed over the next 15 years into an affordable mixed-income community with nearly 2,500 units, including 309 affordable rentals, 354 rentals, and 253 affordable for-sale units, all within walking distance of the planned Evilay rail station. This will be the areas that people would want to come and live because not only uh, they're, they're brand new, not only they're affordable, but we bring in a, a mixed use as well. It's part of HPHA's ambitious $6 billion Kalei Momi project, which is finally moving forward after years of delays. It aims to create more than 10,000 affordable housing units at nine of its properties around the state. The government is able to develop housing at scale, at very modest, reasonable prices, so that we can actually build the number of units that it takes to end, end the housing shortage, not just a couple hundred here and there. Just last month, ground was broken on a new high-rise for affordable housing for seniors on School Street, with completion set for 2026, and plans are moving ahead for new affordable townhomes at Kuhio Park Terrace. Our public housing folks, and those are the most vulnerable and those who are least fortunate amongst our brothers and sisters, uh, they're not living in an area that, that concentrates poverty, but rather they are living amongst other brothers and sisters are at different income levels. In my humble opinion, I like when everybody lives together, but I also am aware that if you jam apples next to oranges, sometimes there isn't applesauce or orange juice. It's, it, it's sour. 
But housing expert Ricky Cassidy remains optimistic because many of the redevelopment projects, like Mayor Wright, will be close to rail. Rail needs a lot of help. And the more affordable units you can do on more affordable, uh, more stations uh, and spread it out, um, again, the greater the ridership. Residents will be relocated to other public housing during construction or be given vouchers still guaranteeing low rent for their income level. The Hawaii Public Housing Authority says it hopes to have the first phase completed and ready for occupancy in 2028. Ben Gutierrez, Hawaii News Now. Governor Josh Green helped open the state's third Kauhale village for homeless people yesterday. Ho'okahi Leo Kauhale is just off of Middle Street near the Kalihi Transit Center. It's big enough to house about 50 people at a time, and it's especially meaningful for Laura Mae Dukleon, who became homeless four years ago. And today I'm working, and I'll be a resident here. And I thank God for all the people who walk with me in my journey. People who are housed are not struggling with chronic pain and addiction as badly. People who are housed can see a nurse or a doctor or a social worker. People who are housed can welcome someone into their life in a safe way. Through private partnerships, the state kept the cost for the entire village at $1.2 million. President's Day weekend is here, and as you fill up your car, you may notice that gas prices are higher than even a week ago. Gloria Pasmino explains why. And gas prices are rising across the country, but we are still in a much better place than we were in June of 2022 when gas prices spiked to more than $5 per gallon. Now, as the winter season comes to an end, prices are expected to increase significantly, perhaps into the summer. But there are several things that you can do to make sure that you're not always paying full price. If you feel like you're paying more to fill up your cart lately, you're not imagining it. Gas prices have begun their annual seasonal increase as winter winds down. We tend to see it right around Valentine's Day, President's Day. That's really when gas prices tend to start rising more noticeably. Patrick DeHaan is head of petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy, and he says this is the time of year that Americans start to see that rise at the pump and feel a pinch in their wallets. Refineries start doing maintenance to prepare for the summer driving season. That maintenance sees shutdowns, less gasoline being produced, and also a switch over to summer gasoline, which will start here in just a week or two across much of the country. According to AAA, the national average for gas is $3.28 a gallon, up 11 cents in the last week alone. For now, DeHaan says that's well within the normal range of about 35 to 85 cents a gallon from winter to spring peak, which tops out around Memorial Day weekend. But refinery outages due to cold weather and electrical issues in the last several weeks could push prices up even higher. But here's some good news. There are lots of ways to save at the pump. A lot of stations have loyalty programs that now that will give you a discount just for putting in your information. There can be credit cards with rebates and rewards for using uh, their card at a, a, a pump. Uh, even GasBuddy has a pay with GasBuddy card that links to a checking account that can save you up to 25 cents a gallon. So if you combine all of those, really nobody should be paying what that retail price says. 
Another good tip to remember if you are planning a road trip, perhaps as we look ahead to summer, is just when to plan that road trip. Experts expect that gas is going to peak in June and July before we get some relief in August. So if you can help it and plan for that road trip in August, it might be the best time to do so. And remember, shop around as much as you can. I'm Gloria Pasmino in New York. Back to you. Thank you so much, Gloria. Let's send you live outside to Hilo, Hawaii. A high surf warning is in effect for north and west-facing shores on Hawaii Island, Hapuna and Kua Bay Beach Parks, along with the wharf at Mahukona Beach Park, are closed today. Stick with us. Guy Hagi will have your local forecast right after this. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. Let's break. How's it on this Friday? The weather's looking pretty good. Granted, we're still dealing with some clouds and a few showers from that uh, weakening cold front that's now uh, just moving across the state. So it's a little cloudy this morning, a little damp for the east end of the state, just a few uh, passing showers, but the rainfall is uh, negligible. And again, we'll see clearer skies as that front starts to move off towards the east end. It starts to dissipate and weaken. And behind that front, cool northerly winds filling in. It's going to be a breezy day today, already windy for some parts of the state. Winds will be stepping up to about 15 to 25 today and slowly easing up but holding firm through the weekend. So this is what we're looking at. Cloudy skies this morning, a few scattered showers for the east end of the state, drier for the west end with lots of sunshine by the afternoon and those winds pretty swift, 15 to 25 today and tomorrow. And the surf is still going to be elevated, huge, big, dangerous, life-threatening up there. Waimea Bay might still be firing this morning as well as peaking today that is slowly going to drop by the afternoon, but still life-threatening conditions out there and we've got some uh, waves running up to some roads and there could even be some minor coastal flooding so heads up out there especially dangerous for north and west shores not a whole lot happening for south although east shores will begin picking up because of the stronger winds coming in so today winds coming out of the north at 10 to 20 they pick up a notch tomorrow 15 to 25 mile an hour winds through the weekend but the weather should be pretty nice. Uh, despite the chilly temperatures, we'll still see lots of sunshine and those trade winds holding firm for most of next week. Hey guys, happy Aloha Friday. Davis here in the Digital Center alongside Kyle Chinen with yep, your yep, latest yep, yep, yep. sports updates and big yeah, news yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Wahine, yeah. Kyle. What's going on? Rainbow Wahine basketball this weekend is Beeman's Big Bash. Ooh, so, what is that exactly? What, what are they doing? Yeah, what, what are they doing, Davis? What are they doing? Yeah, so basically <laughs> they're trying to set a new attendance record um, for head coach Laura Beeman. Um, this Saturday. So the biggest was back in 2015. It was 4,340. So they're trying to beat that this weekend. And what a great team to try and get this record for because oh, yeah. they are not only they're awesome kids to, to watch, but they're really good. They are at the top of the Big West Conference right now. They solidified their spot in the postseason tournament after a win last night against Cal Poly. So they are red hot. UH fans, come out. Go come out. out and support, Go support the team. The Wahine, yeah. Go support the team. Let's switch gears, though. Mm -hmm. Some little Hawaii connection over for the Super Bowl. The yeah. Super Bowl just happened. One of the coolest things, though, about the game, a little aside from the game, Wahaina Luna, Kyle. Yeah. What a cool moment for those players. Honorary captains, honorary coin toss for the Lunas. They had... Um, 
three of the coaches and four of the players, their team captains, they were out there all week. They they got to go to NFL Honors. They got a standing ovation, which was super cool. And then they were on the field before the Super Bowl kicked off, and they got to watch the game. And, and it was it was super cool. They had a, an intro video narrated by Marcus Mariota, and it was just super cool just to see them. What a great moment for them. What a huge game that was. Overtime. That was crazy overtime, A little Kai. bit of H&N overtime. A little H&N overtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was crazy. Uh, it really, it truly was a love story for uh, Travis. Travis and also Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift ended up making it over there. They she made pulled it. off the win uh, after overtime. overtime. What a crazy game, Kyle. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes definitely found the blank space in the end zone for Miko Hardman to score that last second touchdown um, to win back-to-back Super Bowl championships. I think the Patriots were the last team to do that. Um, and now I think they just want to be a three-peat because, you know, you really can't count out the Chiefs once they make the playoffs. And I think analytics say that this was the toughest road to the Super Bowl. They were, they hosted Miami, they were at Buffalo, they were at Baltimore, and then the 49ers. I mean, and, th- and they won it all. So I don't know what else to say about these guys. Patrick Mahomes was on fire. Um, Travis Kelsey, relatively quiet night when it comes to his play, but still contributed when he need to, needed to. And then Miko Hardman catching the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And speaking about overtime, make sure to tune into HNN Overtime, yes. the Hawaii News Now Sports Podcast. We have the latest sports news. Stay tuned for Kyle's latest updates and make sure to follow us everywhere on our yes, YouTube yes, page, yes, Instagram, yes. everywhere that you want to get your sports. A promise made and kept by a local basketball coach in Gate City, Virginia, has given one team a memory of a lifetime. Andrew McClung explains how it happened. Gate City is a special community. Blue Devil football lineman Jacob Bobo Bowman can attest. Let's go, Gunner. Uh, that means everything. The proud and tradition we have here. It's just awesome place to be. I would rather be. Wouldn't rather be anywhere else. Which is why Bobo took a shot this year. Oh my gosh, oh, there we go. Becoming manager of the basketball team to be with his friends. He's the heart and soul of this team. Man, he, he loves every second being around us. He's one of us. I, don't know, I love these guys and love being around. Whether it's playing Guitar Hero, or filming for the team, and even working on his jumper, with hopes of possibly doing it one day in a game. Hey! been a lot of part of a lot of championship teams at Gate City and championships aside this group is special a special group that already won the regular season district championship something head coach Chris Fugit wanted to remember by getting a banner you know rolled it out and showed everybody and Bobo kind of looked over his shoulder and said what's number 20 doing by, by my name you gonna let me play against DB and I'm like yeah you know you, I'm gonna get you in Bo he made his promise and I, I believed him so I had trust in him in his plan. That plan came to life in the Blue Devils game against Dobbins Bennett. Down four with nine seconds left in the game. I asked him, I said, senior, stand up here. You know, what do you want? You want, you want me to play Bobo? And they were like, coach, you know, Gunner said, coach, put him in. We're going to win anyway. Off the inbound pass, Bobo got the ball. Everybody started jumping all over me. I, I didn't, I couldn't believe it at first. It was awesome. When he hit the shot, 
I didn't care if we won the game, man. Bobo, Bobo hit that big shot, and I mean, that, that was all that mattered to us. But the script wasn't finished yet. A turnover off the inbound gave Gate City the ball back with just seconds left, giving Gabe Johnson a chance to make a last-second shot to win the game. Coach Poor from DB told me in the handshake line, he said, Coach, he said, that's storybook. He said, you know, that's, that's storybook endings. A story that wouldn't have been possible without Bobo. I don't think, I don't think any of us will ever forget it. It's, it's, it's going to be a part of our life forever, I think. It's awesome. Just uh, knowing these guys got my back and will do anything for me. What a great feeling I there. I love those kind of yeah, stories. Yeah, so heartwarming. Let's end today with a beautiful live look out over Honolulu. This just screams Aloha Friday. Oh, yes. Weekend, here we come. We have made it, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Enjoy your weekend and have a great rest of your Aloha Friday. Aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and Waipio. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha.